0: check
1: please
2: welcome to the drama free podcast save the drama for your mama
3: what's up what drama free welcome to episode two on the line today, we have uh, Derek Dawson, Chris Butler, and uh, Joey, we got you on the line.
0: I am on the line.
3: All right, we got Mr. Joey himself, Mr. Mr. Panda. That's right. Joey, why don't you, uh, last episode, we gave a little intro over, so why don't you go ahead and throw uh, an intro out of yourself for the listeners out there.
0: Oh, Wow. Wow. Um, I'm not really really sure what to say about myself. Um, I uh, live in Denver, um, so pretty much have access to most of the lovely stuff here in and around Denver. Occasionally I make the trips up to Casey. Um, obviously, mm. I'm here because I like beer and I don't like drama, so I got that going for me, which is nice. Yeah, and still and still reeling from um, the Red Sox being eliminated from the playoffs. How's the Cubs game going? It's
3: <laughs> going good right now. Don't jinx it, man.
1: Eat a dick. They're losing.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh. It was one nothing earlier. Yeah, listen, I checked yeah. the score wrong.
1: No, it's, uh, it's not that score anymore.
3: <laughs> Ouch. All right, guys. So, uh... First uh, topic we're going to talk about here is we want to, uh, Joey, we want to hear about your great American beer fest experience.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually a pretty easy one. Um, to be completely, to be completely frank, it's the same as it's been almost every year. Tons of really great beer. Um, so, so yeah, so tons of, tons of great beer, tons of people, um, it's always nice to have a lot of those people leave because the city gets the city's packed um yeah i mean it was a really great time i was, it was very very fortunate i believe the, the great state of colorado here we had 38 breweries win, med- win medals including um the brewery that I, that I call home launchpad launchpad won a uh a silver in session beer for their uh their team Porter. that's oh,
3: cool man so uh you know, I mean, would you recommend out there for all the uh, listeners to uh, attend if they can? I mean, is it is it your favorite beer fest yeah. or what? Um, you
0: know, GABF is one of those things I think if you're if you're a beer nerd, I think you have to go at least once. Um you know, it's almost
3: like making a hey, call upstairs? Pardon? Uh, I think we're having a little bit of technical difficulty on one of our hosts' side um uh, muted him for a second.
2: Hey, Joey, no can worries, I jump no in worries. here, man? I want to uh, ask you a question about the festival as well. Um, how many of the, uh, the the shares that go along with it did you participate in, and what were some of the standouts that you uh, the experience at the shares? This is Derek, by the way, out in San Diego.
0: Hey, Derek. Hey, Derek. Um, you know, to be honest, I only really did one share that weekend. I actually hosted it here at my house, but we are very, very lucky. Um, my girlfriend and I were lucky to have, uh, have Carlos come in from Wichita along with his, his brother and a friend. Um, and, uh, I'm actually still admittedly still staring at the bottles that we had, uh, from, from that share. Um, so we had, uh, we did, uh, the Spice Must Glow from, uh, from Bottle Logic. We did, uh, um, Assassin Purple Wax, the 2016 Vintage from topping Goliath, and Big Papa Batch 2 from JW Wakefield. And before we got into those, we cracked open a bunch of cans that were released throughout the weekend here in the city, mostly from Cerebral and, and from, um, and from Wildworks. So, so that's the only share that I participated in, in this year. Um, but this, this is the first year that, we, that um, we did a GABF on Saturday morning at the, at the essentially the AHA session, the brewer session. Um, and then Friday we did rare uh, rare beer tasting. So Pints for Prostates is an organization that sponsors uh, Denver rare beer tasting. This is the ninth consecutive year they've done it. Um, and, you know, there's this year, I believe there were 68 total breweries, um, some breweries brought multiple beers, so i will say there's probably maybe 120 beers in total. And um, that was a phenomenal event with some really great beers that a lot of people like to get their hands on. Um, it was uh, the first release of Medianoche Reserve from Ludworks. Um, I had the great fortune of trying Derivation 7 from Side Project. Um, oh, man, there were so many great beers. Um, probably, the, probably the best beer that I had that didn't really have a ton of hype would have been uh, Magnus. From Forager Brewing Company out of Rochester, Minnesota, that was an absolutely phenomenal beer, absolutely phenomenal beer. So that's a awesome, long response to your question about the shares. So it, it, there, there are a ton of shares, but the one thing that happens here in Denver when when GABF weekend rolls around is you get a t- you get tons of tap t- uh, tap takeovers. You get a ton of um, you know breweries essentially bringing extra kegs. So there's a lot of really really cool, a lot of interesting, a lot of rare stuff that ends up on tap here in town. Um, you know, Fremont brought a keg of rusty nail that was essentially was capped um, by a, um, in a pub that's over by um, by Children's Hospital in the Anschutz Campus for uh, the University of Colorado. Um, so there's things like that that are going on. So even if you come into town and you don't have tickets to go to GABF, you, there's still enough going on in town to keep yourself very, very busy and very, very drunk.
2: You're not the first person to tell me that. I've heard a uh, word on the street about uh, certain hotels you can walk into and run into some uh, hashtag whales bro in the lobby. So oh, I yeah. might, might, might be interested in uh, – let's see how the season schedule plays out. But uh trying to make the trip next year. Sounds like a good time.
3: We'd love to have you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely – it's on my docket for next year. You guys right, have to make uh, it out. Enjoy. I mean – Yeah, Joey, so what, uh, don't mean to like keep you the focus here, but, uh, what was the number one take home beer, um, for you that weekend? Uh, The the way I
0: look at that question is like, what's the one beer I had where I know I got to find a bottle? Um, exactly. That is tough. That, 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 that's really, really tough. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I had I have no idea if it's bottled, so I'm, hopefully somebody will correct me. And um, this is actually, uh, um, you know, actually maybe Derek, you might be able to answer this, being a San Diego guy. But um, I had had quite a few pours of the Spanish brandy barrel aged. Um,
2: Monsters Park. Uh, what
0: is it? Yeah, Monsters Park for modern times. That was fan, mm-hmm. damn, tastic. Um, yeah, that so that, that, that was, beer that, is. Um, pro- the,
2: that beer is underrated as hell. Um, I can't believe that it doesn't have a little more, a uh, little more uh, national attention and people hunting it down. But um, I'm glad you had that experience with it because I've been trying to tell people that for a minute. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was
0: absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic.
2: Another uh, variation of that, that that's not getting too much attention that should is the uh, vanilla version, the Monster Parts vanilla. It is, man. It's right up there with, yeah. with your your favorite vanilla beers, and I'm not going to say it because you know uh, people are just going to attack me for it. But I'm telling you, it'll stand up there with some some of the big boys.
0: Oh no, I don't I don't doubt it. Um, they, I think I'm trying to think at it, it, Modern Times booth the GABF. I think they had three or four different versions of Monsters Park. Um, the one that my girlfriend tried was actually really really good, and it was a Mexican hot chocolate iteration of it. It was it was really yeah. fantastic as well.
2: Yeah, that one turned out well. There's the Tennessee whiskey barrel. It um, turned out well. Figs and cocoa. Uh, yeah, there's some good stuff. Did you run into uh, Machiavelli from Abnormal?
0: Um, you know, honestly, uh, we did. We we got in line and we had, we each got a couple pours of that, which was which was wonderful. Um, but we actually got a bottle of that in the mail probably about a week before GABF and had the opportunity to actually try it before even going to GABF. So right. that's a fantastic right. beer as well.
3: And, and I'll, I'll be the
0: one to say it. I, I guess um, I keep hearing, you know, the story behind Machiavelli is effectively it's, you know, the West coast version of big Papa with, you know, J, or J, uh, J.W. Wakefield and um, yep. having the luxury of doing, having the luxury of doing um, batch to a big Papa the same weekend and doing Machiavelli again, they're two entirely different beers. Machiavelli is a significantly better beer, if you
2: ask me. That's awesome, man. I, I had my Damn, hands on that son, one. Where'd <laughs>
3: you find this? <laughs> <laughs> we got tricks up our sleeves this
0: week,
2: man. I got to help over at, uh, at Abnormal bottling those, man. So I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. And uh, I hope that everybody gets yeah, a shot. I got, I got one going out to Dan the Man. If Dan the Man's listening, I got your bottle, and uh, I'll try to get that out early next week.
0: Oh, that, that, that's fantastic to hear. I'm actually – I don't know if you can't hear a little bit of rustling. I'm actually opening up a couple beer mailboxes right now. And um, I've got – I actually just got a bottle from Abnormal in the mail. A uh, 95-till-infinity just arrived. So I'm looking forward to getting that chilled up and cracking that one open here in the next few days.
2: Do you like Cinnamon Toast Yeah, crunch? you know
0: – oh, man. Oh, of course I do.
2: Because that, that that beer is Cinnamon Toast Crunch,
0: dude. It is awesome. That's what, that's yeah, that's what I hear. That is what I hear.
3: You know that that uh, you brought up a good point here, Joey. I'm glad you did that. Um, gentlemen, what are we all drinking tonight?
0: I, I I can tell you right now, I'm not drinking at the moment until I get the last it's popped open. But um, you give me about another five to ten minutes, and I can tell you what I'm drinking. Crack it open into the microphone.
2: Uh, my name is Derek, right, and uh, I'm drinking H2O.
1: Well done, Derek.
3: Welcome, Derek.
4: Uh, My My name name is Oh, Go ahead,
3: Steve.
4: Hi, guys. Sorry I'm late, but uh, I am drinking a Magnify Main Event right now. It's a New England-style IPA. Mm
3: -hmm. I Uh, am drinking a um, picture, if you will, from Wild Go ahead, Chris.
1: Oh yeah. Um, I'll try (laughs) to start. Sorry. Uh, My name is Chris, and I am drinking Wise Guys from Redbird. I do have uh, Craig Miller uh, sitting here alongside me, sharing beers with me tonight, uh, because he is part of the drama-free weight loss challenge, getting ready to start. So he's gorging before uh, (laughs) before engaging in uh, fitness. Is that cheating? Uh, no, it's not. It's inflating, but it's not cheap. Charlie Hamilton for president
0: 2020. That's right, Craig. That's right, Craig. <laughs> He's supposed to be sitting there
1: shutting up, but whatever. <laughs> he got the hashtag in.
3: All right. So I think uh, we'll go right into our next topic here. Um, by the way, if you guys are out there listening and you went to GABF and you want to chime in, uh, give us a call, 646-200-4505. Go ahead. Don't be shy.
4: Oh, I didn't I didn't know we did the GABF already. Uh, I went last year. I don't know if anyone wants to hear about last year, but I'm sure Joey's was good, probably better than mine, it's, judging by the shares. picture that you took.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, you no, know, it was. This year was good I'm, and last year was wonderful as well. Um yeah, you know, it's a great event. Like I said, every everyone has to go. You know, if you're a beer nerd, I think you gotta make you gotta make the trip at some point and if you come out that weekend, you know, bring the bring the family and spend you know, there's a lot of other stuff going on, you know. Yeah. Excuse me, there's releases at Weldworth. Casey was doing at their own event where they're essentially doing um you know, they do like a pseudo lottery system, they're giving away three liter giving away. They were selling three-liter and nine-liter bottles of, of various beers, including Raspberry Cut. Um, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Definitely worth making a trip.
2: Joe, you uh, you said bring the family. Um, does that uh, that mean it kind of sounds like you're offering free daycare to anybody uh, from Drama Free? <laughs> I just want to confirm that. Hey, well, my, uh,
0: my my wonderful girlfriend is a peds nurse at Children's Hospital here in Denver, and she'd be more than happy to watch kids and play with kids for a little while, so. Hey, and you, know you, know you realize don't that
2: these podcasts are recorded and uh, archived, right? This is yep.
0: a, That's okay. That's okay. Once when you, you guys send it to her, I'm not too worried about her finding out about it.
2: <laughs> a contractual
4: obligation.
0: That's okay.
4: Yeah, I don't know if I've, I. When I was out there, I was out there with 17 of my friends, and like I, I was, wasn't really sure if bringing the family seemed like a good idea to me. But if she got a ton of the other. uh Activities do again. I just literally based my entire weekend around beer and beer releases and breweries and maybe a dispensary or two.
0: Oh yeah, of course, of course. Legal over there. Know, I mean, look, Legal. Yeah. <laughs> most of the breweries, out most of the breweries out here are pretty friendly towards, towards family or, for, or towards kids. And also towards, um, you know, if you, if you have you know four legged friends, um, you're more welcome to bring those yeah. as well. You know, GABF and events like that are, are obviously not going to be catered to kids, but you know, there's definitely, a uh, you can definitely
4: keep them busy while you're out here. Cool. All right, so why don't we why don't we uh get on this next I like this next topic. Why don't we uh get going? Someone put this in the group, I think. Favorite mac macro brew, discuss brewers association versus definition versus what we think about it. So let's start with um let's start with Chris. What's your favorite macro brew that you can drink that you can tolerate, I guess, that uh you know, in a pinch or you're at a barbecue? What, uh, what's like- your what's your go to? I'm going
1: life? Life. yeah. Uh
4: I'll
1: move. when I go to there's Chicago uh, I go to go to catch Cubs games. There's a couple different breweries and bars that I, I frequent and in neighborhoods that I frequent. And there's this one called Bad Apple that's uh right at like Caddy Corner from Half Acre that does buckets of like uh, highlight grenades and it's really nice to like go hit half acre first, grab a couple crafts go across a hat, uh, fat apple, have some food, watch a game, or chill out, and um, down a bucket of of minis uh, of high life, that champagne yeast, man.
4: <laughs> <laughs> nice, living the high life in Arkansas. I don't know what the uh, elevation is in Arkansas, but I can tell you. What uh... about <laughs> – yeah, you Google <laughs> that while, while you're doing that. Uh, Chad, what about you? You know, man –
3: if it's not craft, it's PBR all
4: the way. Wow. I didn't know they had hipsters in uh,
3: Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> we uh so I started when I started, you know, beer drinking, I was a Coors light man through and through. It was actually my wife who got me into craft beer. She can only blame herself when she looks at our credit card and cards. Getting a little... Getting it a little is the reason I'm here
4: now. Yeah. Uh, All right. Derek, out in San Diego, I'm sure you got a lot to choose from. Is it uh? I, is it one of have, the big guys out there, or is it...
2: Nah, no, man. This is a, this is an easy one for me, man. I have a super guilty pleasure, and I, I would love to say High Life, too, because I'm not going to turn down a High Life, but uh, the Banquet Beer, man. Uh, that's my go-to. Oh, yeah. I do, I do probably uh, more banquet beer than I would like to admit.
4: Damn. Sorry. So I guess, uh, we'll have to be like, uh,
2: like, like Hail Mary. Yeah. This you
4: right? got to give us all free tickets to the San Diego Gulls. Come on out, boys. We'll do a
2: drama-free <laughs> night. We can, uh, <laughs> we can have somebody oh, well, drop the puck with like a, uh, a, what do you call it, the sock on. Will they let us shotgun on the ice? Uh, we can shotgun in the stands from $2 beer nights. Chug videos in the penalty box? absolutely dude
0: yes. <laughs> yes. two minutes well worth it
2: love it but yeah i'm a sucker for the banquet beer i like it in a little grenade bottle
4: too uh it's just my thing nice what about you joey
0: uh, it's an easy one for me um the pride of Pottsville, pa Jungling is what i always was drinking when i was growing up mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> For me, all so for me, I still consider it macro because essentially we get it side by side with TBR, but uh, it has to be, it has to be a good old Yingling.
4: Nice, Joey. I missed where. Where are you located? I missed uh, the beginning. So sorry, I didn't hear.
0: Oh, at this very moment, I am in Denver, Colorado.
4: Oh, nice. My favorite city. Um, I'm with Joey. I got to go with Yingling just because. Um, I don't know. I'm I live in New Jersey. If Yingling's always been real close uh, and. The local bar near me, when I that I've been going to since I was 19, even though they didn't know that, um, they did uh, monster mugs of Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light, and Yingling for like 3.95 for a huge glass of beer. So of course, of those four, you're always picking Yingling. So I kind of I drank so much Yingling just because they were cheap at the local watering hole that me and my friends all cool. went to. So I got to go with Yingling. All right, any callers, if you have your favorite macro beer, 646-200-4505, call us and let us know. chat will uh, pick up and we'll get you on the horn. So that brings us to uh, the next part. Like This was like a three-part question, and that was the definition of, you know, what is macro brew and what, what do we think it should be, right? So let's uh, – let, let's spin off that. Does anyone have the definition ready? Should I just Google it real quick? Uh, I got you if you need it. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Uh, so,
5: uh, a uh, macro
2: brewery, according to uh, the the research that I looked up, just a simple Google search, a macro brewery is considered a brewery that produces greater than six million barrels a year, and a micro brewery would be a brewery that produces less than that. Um, there's two different uh categories of microbrewery, the nano and the brew pub. The nano brewery uh produces less than two hundred gallons a year. The brew pub only brews and sells on premise only. And then there's the third, which is the home brewer
4: Got it. okay, so six million barrels, huh?
2: Correct. So you're talking That's, uh what do you thirty uh thirty one? gallons. Am I right there? Hold on. Yeah, I think so. Is pit it a barrel? barrel.
1: Yeah, yeah. barrel.
4: Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right, so, so what do we think? Is that is that too high of a number? Do we think...
1: Well, okay. uh, so Sam Adams, three years or four years running, petitioned for the uh, Craft Brewers Association to raise that number. It used to be much lower.
4: Because they was, still want it to be yeah. considered. Yeah.
1: Right. So Boston Beer Company, Jim Cook, Sam Adams, how do you want to look at at, at that tertiary, uh, at that umbrella of like company, um, which God bless him, it, we should be on the, be on the you know, craft beer Hall, you know, Mount Rushmore Hall of Fame, whatever. But um, yeah, w- once they grew too big, they petitioned the craft brewers association to raise the limits, uh, and it happened several years in a row. it used to be, at least when I started looking at the numbers, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of like two million. And then they raised it, and they raised it, and they raised it, and they raised it. They raised it. So, um,
4: yeah. So, so, that's, so that's, point if here. the number is six million right now, what is what do we think Sam makes? Five million? <laughs> uh, no, I, I think they got
1: cut off. I think they got turned down last year. Actually, I think I think they said no more. Yeah, I think they were going to raise it anymore after that. So.
4: All right, so that's that's the number. Now, what do we think it should be? What about uh, Chad? What do you think? Do you think uh, Sam should be considered macro? Do we think we just kind of cater to them and let Yingling be the only fall guy? What
3: what, what are I we mean, thinking here? Sam, you know, it, you got to give it to them. They they created this. You know, they started this genre. Really, you know, they're known as the Godfather. Uh, I mean, I think even if the limit didn't get right Man, they you know they're the reason why
1: we have such variety, they created this this fervor.
4: That's true. But can we keep just moving the goal line just so that they can be considered some small guy? Like why is Sam in the same genre or in the same league as Carton or, you know, Kent or someone someone so small, it's like they're considered the same. Sam is all across the country. Carton can't even, you know, get west of Philadelphia. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just, you know, it's a question. What about you, Derek? Cause the, uh, uh, Cali had some big, heavy hitters. Anchor, Stone, Sierra Nevada. Yeah. At, w- at what point are we just kind of, we're hanging so wanna, on to I, just for, I, you know. I want to put a little...
2: I want to put a little perspective on it um, and I'm going to rattle off a couple names and kind of give you, these are brewery reported numbers and it's local to San Diego, but you guys will recognize all of these if you've ever had a beer before. So between Ballast Point, Stone, Green Flash, Carl Strauss, Modern Times, Coronado Brewing, Mother Earth, Alesmith, and Pizza Port, those all together, that's one, two, three, four, five, nine breweries total. They brew, and this is as of February, 2017, they brew 1 million, 69,635 barrels between the nine of them so they're barely half of a, a, a macro brewery according to the definition so ballast point for instance sorry yes ballast point's on top according to this report and it's 400,000 barrels um, so I, I mean <laughs> for somebody to be considered
1: macro that's that's a lot of
5: work yeah and um, you
1: know part of that is Going to the English style method of like tied house pubs versus free house pubs, like association and affiliation definitely for me matters, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. Sculpin was probably my my desert island beer for years and years and years and years, um, but now it it's tough for me to really pull the trigger on buying some. Um, Craig just wrote down a question here which is, is a pretty good question. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it but because I have my own uh, thoughts obviously but um, it, it's a, a nuance and, and a bit of a a, a bit of a <laughs> a bit of a trip down uh, the rabbit hole further but does production size matter or distribution method matter? So um, you know how are they getting it out there into the market? Is it is it from a investor, and if it's an investor, you know, does it matter that it's uh, you know, AB versus uh, Duvelt or does it uh, matter that it's you know, independently grouped for you know, we kind of touched on this last week, and for me, you know, I'm I'm anti AB 100% forever, but. I'm interested
4: to in hear your guys' thoughts on that. So All right, what about you, Joey? Last one over in uh Denver. Do you got any thoughts on big beer? Is it is it too big to fail? Is it is it just the right size right now? Denver's heavy hitters too.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we definitely have, you know, our, we have some, you know, larger breweries. I mean, I think the most notable large one that we have here is that you're not, you know, you're not going to color Coors. It's going to be, it's going to be New Belgium. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. so, I mean, for, for me, and I guess I'm going to uh, probably apply a slightly different take. I mean, I, I can understand, you know, caring about where you spend your buck and whose who's pockets it goes into, whose pockets it's, it lines. I now, mean, I, I can appreciate that. But at the end of the day... Um, you know, it, it's it's just beer. Um, I don't really care if you're drinking PBR. I don't care if you're if you're chasing whales. Um, you know, just as long as you're enjoying good beer and you're hopefully enjoying it for you know at least decent reasons or good reasons. That, that's all that really matters to me at the end of the day. I don't. I I just it, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. I'm just happy that there is beer, and I'm happy to try a bunch of different beers, whether no matter who it's brewed by no matter who distributed it no matter how i ended up on my front porch or in my refrigerator
4: so so there's another topic i guess like a, a sub genre of this of this idea is what do we think about what uh Greg Coke and the guy the guys over at Stone are doing with like they're partnering up with a bunch of medium-sized breweries to kind of like give them capital whatever they need cuz Stone makes a ton of money i guess so he's now buying minority steaks and breweries to make sure that they don't sell out to AB or Constellation or Heineken or anything like that and they're kind of banding together and then there's you know we've got was it Oscar Blues and Cigar City doing something so like we're getting a lot of these mini conglomerates popping up to kind of try to keep it local but are they is that going to work is that is that going to be the future of selling out or you know just kind of expanding
0: well, I mean, I, I guess technically, as long as you're keeping it below six million barrels, it's all cool. So. Right, that's an arbitrary number, you know. <laughs> Wicked weed could be. What? Well, yeah, that—that's that, what I'm saying. Like, it—it I means just take Oscar Blue, o, Oscar Blues' portfolio, right? I mean, obviously, you know, they're. They, you know they've just they've got the the newer establishment in Asheville and they've got of course their their foothold here in Denver and mm-hmm. you know they, they they spread out they pick up cigar city and they, they purchased parent as well so they got the you know parent out of Michigan which you know it's a great it's a great little brewery as far as I know it's a little brewery um, you know, I, I think it's all fine and well but at what point do you continue to essentially you know add to your portfolio these medium-sized or smaller breweries and do you end up with essentially the same type of portfolios that
4: ABM dev. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a good point. I kind of, I kind of like what he's doing, even though a lot of people, a lot of people say he's kind of whatever. Everyone has their opinions on him. I love what he's doing just because if you're going to try to fight back, you need to gather as many people together as possible and kind of yeah. like, like-minded individuals. So, No.
0: And, and you know, I, I can definitely appreciate that. And, then, and I think there's, I think it's, it comes down to maybe your intention or maybe maybe the you know the different labels of yours years that you have within your you know your your portfolio. Um, the, the way that I look at it, whether it's A B M Bev, whether it's Constellation or whether it's these small little niche holding companies like what what Cook's doing with Stone or what, what Oscar Blues has done is, you know, are are you still are, are you making good beer? One of the biggest one of the biggest issues that we have in Denver and I think we're at I don't know. I heard some. I heard number of the day, I was 148. And I don't know if that breweries within the state or breweries within the city. It feels like it's breweries within the city. Um, but I, I can tell you that of all the breweries that I've visited within within Denver, you know, they the, the ones that are doing great beer are the ones that the, that the craft people, craft beer people, will hear across the country. And we've got breweries here in Denver that just can't make good beer. I, pres- I presume it's can't and not won't. But we have breweries here that just can't make decent beer. And, you know, the market will eventually correct that. But that's why I have to look at what what, what these guys are buying, buying up or they're bringing in these, these, smaller, these smaller labels. Are they picking up notable brands with good beer? And are they going to continue to brew good beer?
4: Well, Denver and Colorado in general have way more breweries than most of where the rest of us live. What about in uh, Cali, Derek, has the market corrected everything out there? Or do you have do you yeah, have some insight I, on what Greg's doing? And yeah, so doing? I think, like,
2: I really love to hear you guys mention Stone and, and In Good Light because um, I know that they could probably get a bad rap just being that they are so big um, compared to probably some of the – or most of the stuff that we're drinking on a regular basis um, from some of the smaller places. But those guys from day one, mm-hmm. man um, – look at what they're doing i'm pretty sure they do it nationwide they do it here but they're the distributor um for modern times for lost abbey port brewing for um i'm gonna forget a bunch of them because i'm on the spot here but they they distribute a ton of these guys and they help get them on the map so they they weren't selfish in their ways they weren't using some of the tactics that people are anti the uh quote unquote big breweries for big brewers big companies for big beer um and uh, you got to respect them for that, man. And they are helping push all these breweries out there. I mean, look at the size of, of Modern Times and Lost Abbey and Pizza Port, man. Those guys are are epic, and people are chasing them down left and right. And I'm sure, um, you know, I can't go on record for any of those breweries, but they've got to attribute um, a lot of their success to uh, to the help that they've gotten from Stone along the way.
1: Yeah. Hey, if I can interject here. I'm a huge stone homer. Uh, I got to meet Greg a couple of years ago, beer hero of mine. Um, but I, I love what they're doing. Um, I think craft consuming craft is much more palatable to me, for sure. Um, you know, something that they're still trying to drive the market and drive um, consumer education towards craft versus, you know, bland, yellow, fizzy. Stuff or, uh, you know, fake craft that, that is, uh, disguising itself as craft on a, a hapless, uh, that you don't know their parent company. So I, I really love that Stone started that initiative a couple years ago with, you know, trying to offer, you know, low interest loans and, and things like that. They're not trying to buy out those companies, they're trying to, uh, in my in my opinion from my perspective on it um just really trying to help uh those smaller companies stay afloat in a in a ever-growing uh market and rising
2: have... tide raises all boats
4: i mean we know exactly that. man i said that five, five times, times. Nice. so what uh what breweries do you guys think are next in line to be gobbled up do you have one does anyone have one that they think might be next to sell out or get bought out or even even partner with the Stones or the Oscar Blues, Who's, uh, who are we looking at? Does anybody want to, does anybody want to curse their yeah, yeah. local brewery? No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
4: <laughs> yeah, all, my, all my local ones are way too small for that, but I would think something like River Horse or Flying Fish, both New Jersey breweries, um, they're getting to the size where they might they might start attracting some of those. Not that I think either of them ever would. Maybe Flying Fish. I doubt River Horse, but I don't know. Um, but that's that's the one in New Jersey.
1: There's a couple of breweries here in Arkansas that, that most of the consumers here in Arkansas feel that they basically opened with the intention of, of getting bought out. Now, the likelihood of that is slim to none. But um, I, I think that there are some that wish they would get an offer. Um, as far as like what I think will happen next, what what will topple next, uh, in that sense, it's kind of tough to say. There's not like a there's not like a glaring brewery right now. Uh, I, w- I would say something from a big state, uh, Texas, California, Denver, Florida, uh, Northeast area. Um, you know, if I had to pick something, I would say a Dallas, Houston, something because you know Carbach has already gotten bought out. I'd maybe throw out Deep Ellum if I had to. If I had to like narrow down one, try to throw one out there. Deep Ellum in Dallas.
2: I I gotta chime in uh, here and just say, you know, I, I think you guys have probably gotten the gist that I'm not anti sellout. Um, I don't, I can't blame somebody for taking uh, an insane amount of money for their brewery and for the the hard work that they put into it. But if you're setting out to open a brewery for the sole purpose that you want to attract that buyout. I haven't cussed on this thing yet, but you can GFY dude. Like that's, that's terrible. Yeah. I, right. th- I think that's, well, I think
4: that's a, no, that's a good point. You know what? Cause a lot yeah. of people look at it as a labor of love. If you're going it just for the money, you're kind of like, you're probably not going to make that good a beer anyway. Right. Because you're, you're not doing it cause you really love it. You're just doing it cause it's a payday. I think that's what turns some people off from the major paydays um, is the fact that, you know like if it was only about the money for you then you know the beer is going to suffer i think and also i like when someone sells out like wicked weed sold out to ab i have a bunch of wicked weed bottles i'll drink them i'm not going to buy any more and that's just me saying i don't really agree with it does wicked weed really need my money anymore they're gonna they're about to be reaching so many more people that the people who know better than to, or who don't want to give them money, they, they're not going to miss them and I'm not going to miss them. So it's like, I don't really blame anyone for selling out either. I'm, I'm with you. It's like, can I really turn down a $300 million check? No. And that, okay, but I'm going to lose a bunch of diehard fans. So I'm going to gain a shit ton more fans in other States that are going to try my beer. So I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I could see both sides of it. Absolutely. What about you, Chad? Chad,
2: did we lose Chad? I think his dial-up went out. He ran out of minutes on his AOL CD. He has to get a new CD. Oh
4: yeah, I told him not to make it two hours.
2: He got 500 free hours, so he's got to get a new trial version.
4: All right, well, while he's fighting his last uh, install disc, what about what about uh, Joey? Did you did you comment on this?
0: No, no, not yet. Um, You know, I've I've got I've got a biased perspective as someone who. You know makes his living essentially in building businesses and selling businesses um, you know I definitely have a very biased perspective um you know the, the idea you know of start, if you're if i i have to assume i mean not not everyone's going to have the exact same reason for starting a brewery, but when you start a brewery, you're doing it because you're creating a product that you enjoy and other people enjoy so I just sit on that uh, send out an that venture so that way you can you know essentially create a living for yourself and for a lot of brewers, the only way that they're gonna make that life changing kind of money as owner is to sell. I mean that that that's when you make your payday. Otherwise you're just you're just you're drawing a paycheck. Now, you know, if you own wicked weed and someone's offering you three or four hundred million dollars, you're probably making a decent paycheck. You probably have enough to take care of your family, but you probably don't have life changing money. And if you went down this path, you probably started in a place where you never had money or you didn't have a lot of money. You probably, you know, if you're, you're, you're getting into brewing, you're probably the type of person who, um, you know, w- you probably are used to working with your hands and you, you know, you probably, you probably haven't, you know, probably hadn't had that kind of money before. And someone walking in offering you $300 million or even if it's $50 million, um, you know, it's, I, I can't, and you know, I think honestly, at the end of the day, that that's the purpose of business. At some point, you know, you have to get out of the business. I mean, as, as every brewer who starts a brewery, planning on passing it off to a kid, or passing it off to a friend, or someone who's worked there for a long while, a lot of these guys, the best option they have once they hit that point, sometimes you know, five or ten years in, is you know, to take to take a paycheck, to take you know, to take a check. I know we've got a a brewery here in here in that went up for sale. You well, know, probably right around March and you know it was posted on one of the local brokerage sites um i happened to see it and i happened to reach out to the the brewer um is it someone I, I who i knew someone that you know i spent quite a bit of time in an establishment at least a few years ago i did um and and i wanted to have that conversation with him about what what took what brought him to the point where he wanted to sell his brewery and why he was asking what he was asking for it um, it was one of those very odd situations where the moment that he was questioned about why he'd be selling his brewery, what was the motive behind it, completely shut down. He didn't really have a reason. And when he started thinking about that, he was that someone might offer him, probably likely some type of life-changing money for his brewery. All of a sudden, he decided he didn't want to sell, and didn't really know why he had listed for sale in the first place. So it's it's, it's very odd. it's very very odd the whole process. People are selling, they don't know if they want to sell. People who don't want to sell, all of a sudden, are getting a, you know an offer for a hundred million dollars or whatever it is.
3: So
0: And and that said, if I was going to pick a brewery that I think that that might sell, I don't think it's going to be a brewery. I think we're going to start seeing um, at some point we'll see a meadery, a meadery will get bought up.
4: Oh really? They yeah. you think uh, the big boys are getting the Mead game?
0: I, I think, I think so.
4: Mead's my dog. Uh,
0: I, I, think it's. enough. Nice
4: Meads are, are a, a gift I have yet to receive fondly. I, I don't know. I'm not too John. That's huge a bold prediction.
2: I kind of like that.
4: Yeah. I
2: yeah. Like that. Who's Shooter, our bold,
4: Do we have a sponsor for the bold prediction se- uh, segment yet? Who's the sponsor? Did <laughs> shout somebody out or? Sharpie Sharpie marker, the bold uh prediction, yeah, they owe us money now, um, all it. right, so <laughs> all right, so let's let's oh, uh callers, sorry, I keep forgetting to call if you if we have any callers, six four six two zero zero four five zero five, tell us who you think is going to sell out, tell us what you think about um anything we've just discussed, and uh Chad will ring you up, and we'll get you going, but until then we're going to move on. I like this next one. Cause it's, it's very, it's an easy one for me to answer. What brewery are you a groupie of? I'll start since uh, I'm already talking and I live 20 minutes from Kane. And I know pretty much everyone in the group knows what Kane is at this point. Um, yeah. Kane is my go-to. I have a ton of friends who work there. Like, you know, I walk in, it's like cheers. Everybody knows your name. That's pretty much me when I go to Kane. Um, I just love how they handle business over there. I will support them pretty much even when I think they're not like doing the right thing, which is very rare. I'll support them anyway. So that's me. What about, uh, what, what about you, Derek? This
2: one's easy for me as well. And I got to ask you, Steve, first, do you have my address? Cause I'm going to have to make sure you have my address. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I have a lot of good friends out here that, work at different places and I hope none of them are listening so I don't piss anybody off because I'm going to pick one because it's an easy answer but Modern Times is my is my groupie brewery. I love Modern Times. Um, I've yet to try beer that I just couldn't drink from them like quite honestly. Um, they do a great job. The people in there are rad and uh, and I just I love hanging out there. It's a cool environment and there's always something good on tap. I'm a member so I got a couple perks over there to their different tap handles and um but it's it's tough man san diego I, i'm 20 minutes from like 215 breweries so um it's it's really really hard
4: damn membership huh? I, I was so uh i interviewed mike kane a couple of months ago and i asked him if what he thought about the membership and he's not opposed to it so i'm hoping that they you know if you're listening which i know you're not <laughs> um all right what about you chad any uh any groupie worthy beers where you're living
3: Um, not really the beer so much as, uh, you know, I really like, um, big fan of Half Acre and what they do. Um, Nick Caffrey, who I got into Drama Free, he may or may not be listening. He just, uh, he got married just recently and was having a kid. Um, he is the warehouse manager for Half Acre and, you know, one of my first pretty much non-local trades, um, besides him and Rick Verk, who is another member of Drama Free, um, they, those two were my first, you know, traders that I sent boxes to. And, and um, you know, fun fact, Half Acre for my birthday two years ago gave me a cake for free, uh, for a beer for, uh, to celebrate my birthday. And it wasn't just the regulars. It was a limited edition beer. So, you know, after that, you know, when you, somebody gives you free beer like that, you kind of have a loyalty to them.
4: Very, very true. What about you, Joey? There's a ton that could be... I, I'm a groupie of Denver beers, and I get them maybe once a year, but what about you out there?
0: Um, I, was, I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure about the term groupie, but I, I think the one that I'm, I'm most fond of um, is Cerebral. Um, they're making great beers. They got, you know, a couple of their beers have been receiving quite a bit of hype between Here Be Monsters release and the Work for Home releases. Their stout program is... Their stouts are, are fantastic. Their barrel program is fantastic. Um, they're doing killer IPAs. Um, they dealt, They dabble into a bunch of other styles. They have, they do. Um, uh, they got a you know some uh, a, a Brett style or a Brett saison that they do that, that won silver GABF last year. It's called Dreamy Thing. Um, they do a lot of really killer stuff. Um, I don't have any cool stories about free about free beers or anything from them, but it's just one of those places that you know they, they make great beer. It's usually pretty it's pretty easy to get a beer while you're there. Um, they just started canning within the last couple of weeks, so more of their stuff is going to be a little easier to get and ship. So I uh, that say cerebral.
4: Nice. Uh, it's Chris. Chris, you uh you got a groupie thing over there out in Arkansas? Do they have groupie-worthy stuff near you?
0: They call family reunions.
4: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, no. uh, well, I was gonna say you're thinking of roadies, but actually groupie would be the right term. Alright, let's uh let's move on, maybe Chris will get back to it. Alright, I lo- I love this next one. I love this next one. Worst trade proposal you've ever seen. Oh boy. Yeah.
3: Um have a couple that got sent here. Let me look it up. If anybody has something, go ahead, but I'm gonna look this up real quick. Uh this was a this was a very, very um active topic when it was posted so guys again if you want to call in on this um you know we're really wanting callers on this one a little participation here 646-200-4505 um let me pull up this trade proposal here that we have in our chat and see see what we got going on here guys
0: and just to avoid a little bit of dead time, I'll pick up the topic a little bit. I don't, I don't do a lot of trades. Um, You know, most of my activities within a group and if somebody wants something and I have it to have it to send them, I just tell them to give me an address and I'll send it to them and they can just send me some stuff back later. I, I really don't honestly don't care too much about it, but um, maybe I would say kind of relative to the topic is, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to reach out to somebody and ask for a limited beer or, or something that really, you know, there's, you know, it's limited in terms of being per person limits or it's, you know, well out of someone's way or whatever it is. And and, and they find that and they ship it to you and they're not really asking for much in return. They're kind of leaving it to you to make the decision to send something. Um, take care of that person. All right. Don't, don't send them, you know, just because you go up the street and you grab some travelers or, or a few bottles or something, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you're sending something, um, that that might be deemed fair. It might be equitable. You might have spent the same amount of money. Um, but, you know, try to try to send something that, that's going to wow the person or take care of the person in the same way they took care of you.
3: All right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, and I'm sure we'll hit on that a couple more times today. Um, i got a trade here in the Biologic Trading Forum. Four Trade 2017 Black Note, soft release, brewery only, four-pack plus. <laughs> In search of fundamental uh, what is that fundamental summation, uh, FO, jam the radar, and, and number crunch. That is what he's wanting for a widely distroed. I'll buy probably not a lot of bottles go out distro and to, to every account, but it does see distro. Um, he's wanting some of the best beers that Biologic makes. Actually, he, he is wanting the, the best beers Biologic makes. Chad, you gotta
2: consider your source, man. You consider your source. That group, I'm in it. All right, you gotta keep your finger on the pulse. Your uh, friends close and enemies closer, and whatever other cliche statement you want to say. But every third trade in that group is some kind of nonsense. Um, And I'm not here to create drama for that group, but uh, yeah, consider your source, man. That 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 group's got some
3: nonsense going on. I mean, right? I, I do see some major trolling going on in there. Um, this next one here, this guy is pretty much in search of a, a white gambit. He's got the BDCS, you know, roof hearted, some biologic space trace FO batch three, some shared uh, angry chair style, cycle style tilted barn civil society. Basically, monkish answer, you know, all tired hands, all the things that everybody wants. He literally has nothing but Chicago distro. I mean, he. we're talking about the Moore, and, and granted, more, more Brewing is a damn good brewery. However, you know, Forbidden Root, Hubbard's Cave, Epic, Works. I mean, these brews aren't hard to come by in Chicago most of the time, and they're not going to pull these types of bottles. Now, in our group, would that pull a bottle? Sure, absolutely, because our group is different. However, on these, you know, these these national trade boards, you know, these guys are getting roasted. I mean, it, it just it it, it ma- I mean, it makes for good reading when you're bored.
4: I've seen uh, so I kind of I don't like to hate on this too much. Like, I think it's obvious. I, I, it seems like clearly everyone on this call, most of the people listening, can tell it's like a troll trade post or someone who's really like you know you can tell that one guy who's always posting to try to get one over on people. You know, his four trades are always a little bit less than the iso he's looking for but he'll throw in an extra because he's a good guy but i feel like a lot of the ridiculous trade posts happen because the person is new and like they just don't know you know they're like oh i want to try some new hops i hear other half is really good i can get uh you know i can get you dogfish head it's like all right well like a lot of people just don't even realize yes everyone can get us dogfish head it's i don't know i kind of as much as I, I'm sure that fundamental observation, that biologic group is ridiculous because you know, their, their bottles are insanely hyped, but a lot of the groups I'm in um, is really just kind of like noobs. And of course, you know, it's their New Jersey groups. So everyone, as soon as it happens, everyone completely busts their balls. And like, until it, you know, but it kind of scares people away when you kind of, I don't know, you, you, you make them feel bad or you make them feel like they don't know, or that they're stupid or they're they're like you know, I, I like to try to help people as much as possible. If I have something that's really sought after, I won't necessarily give it just for the the very best I can get for it. Sometimes I'll give it to someone who I know has never had it, and it's like you know maybe that's going to make their their month, of their year. So that, that no, goes absolutely. back to what that goes back to what Joey was saying about the this group and the, you know be good. I I owe uh, Ernest Montez. Let me give him a shout out. I reached out about Jester King, and I just said, hey, if anyone can get this beer, I'll make it worth their while. And the guy, he went out of his way twice, including w- during the hurricane while it was going on, to make sure that t- I got the release. And then he met up with a buddy of mine to, so I didn't have to, he didn't have to pay for shipping. And, like, I have a box that I'm going to ship out to him either tomorrow or Saturday. And I'm hoping it comes close to, like, the favor that he did for me because that's just – I mean, Drama Free is uh, ridiculous, ridiculously gen- – almost too generous. Like, I, I have trouble keeping up with the generosity in this group.
3: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I uh, I agree here. I, I I posted earlier today. I have two beer boxes back home, one from uh, I, I believe Josh Voorhees and one from Rick McCarty. And I asked, I threw out a, a, a trade a couple of weeks ago, or, or just I was looking for this bottle because it's you know stout season, it's campfire season, and it's my favorite, the the campfire stout. And uh, Rick McCarty answered the call. But apparently he did uh, more than just one beer, and you know that that's pretty cool to go back and uh, and um, you know post something and have a lot coming.
4: Sorry, we got sorry we got a little feedback there. Uh, all right, I think Chris is back with us. Chris, do you have uh, a a worst trade proposal you've ever seen, or trade mm-hmm. etiquette? Uh-huh. We can, we can combine all these two. We can combine to the next one, too. Good trade etiquette yeah. or worst trade proposal? So, the worst trade proposal I, I
1: think I ever saw was this week, actually. And then I'll briefly touch on trade etiquette. Um, this week, I saw a McDonald's Sichuan sauce for a batch <laughs> one. For a batch one, uh, Dre Fontaine, uh, Armand, and Gaston Lund uh and I want to shoot that person in in the forehead.
4: <laughs> Wait, were
1: with they trading cork, the Szechuan? With, a cork, with a cork? I'm not trying to be advocate violence or anything like that. Um Wait,
4: were they trading the Szechuan sauce or trying or trying no, to No they were it?
1: ISO. They were ISO. They were offering
4: they were offering the uh Dre for the Szechuan sauce. So well wow. um
1: made me Must wish you Rick and Morty fan. That, yeah. Made me wish that I had uh My city had gotten any of that, and that I ever spent any money at McDonald's. Another, uh, (laughs) but also on trade etiquette. So, you know, um, communication, um, follow through, uh, packing, uh, don't be a dick, kind of thing. Those are those are all. Like, really, really good rules to follow. Um, I'm not a, a guy that tries to uh, win trades on the receiving side. I like to win trades on the giving side. Uh, so, for me, um, I, I just like to send stuff. I, I've thrown out probably 20 to 25 biffs since I've been in Drama Free. Um, it's something I enjoy doing. Uh, it's it's fun to give away beer. And another thing, I mean, none of my breweries in, in the state really especially a couple of years ago were pulling any sort of you know, attention. So um you know, it's a way to get a, get the name recognition out for some of these beers. Um batch one BDCS I sent out thirteen cases. The first case or so I sent out as extras. Then I had demand for it after um a certain Dorothy member who works for Dogfish Head kinda of blew it up on beer advocate. Um so for me, yeah, communication is always key. If you're gonna run a couple of weeks late or a couple of months or a couple of years late, you know, things happen, I guess. <laughs> but um, communication is the first thing. Um, and I guess at the end of the day, as long as both people are uh, are happy uh, with what they've received, then uh, it's all good. But um, screw secondary. Uh, the beer is worth what you paid for it. Um and I think we all abide by and know that. So
4: yeah. that's why you're in drama free. free.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I think I'm in drama free because I got added by somebody who didn't know really who I was. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh oh, boys, tell all. All right, so I, I think we have a caller too. Chad, are we are we dealing with people?
3: Yeah, well, we got uh, we got two calls in line, but I don't know that they're prepared for this topic. What topic are we on right now?
4: We're talking about trade etiquette and the worst trade proposal you've ever seen. Either or. We're losing. All right.
3: All right. You know what? Let me just bring these guys in. Um, Bring them
4: in. If they're not ready for the big time, we'll we'll cut them off.
3: All right, got you. All right, guys, unmute yourself. We got uh, Justin Hudgens and Robert Beckwith on the line here. What's up, fellas? Gentlemen, you there? Yes, sir. What's going on?
4: What's up boys, you guys listening in?
5: Living the dream.
4: Where are you guys where are you guys listening from?
5: Uh I'm down from Michigan. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Visiting Justin.
4: Nashville, Tennessee. Nash Vegas, love it. You guys drinking bearded iris or what? Yazoo?
5: Bearded Iris, and then we moved over to Southern Gris.
4: Oh, I hear great stuff oh, nice. about that. Oh, yeah. wow. right, so what do you guys think? What's the worst trade proposal you've ever seen, besides the one I'm about to send you for bearded iris?
5: I had one guy, he swore to me that it was uh, a fair trade when he was going to send me a six-pack of blind Pig from Russian River. So six to six was Bourbon County, and that was – about two days after I got onto beer for the first time in my life, so I'm pretty sure he saw that little new member icon next to my name, and he was like, "I'm gonna get this guy
4: oh man, he took <laughs> you for a loop yeah he did you were a target
5: i I was a target, and um I'm thankful to this day for the guy that uh talked me out of it because I was so excited for my first ever trade, but i was I was pretty uh pretty stuck on doing it.
3: My
5: well,
3: so you know, you came a long this way. Meeting him. <laughs> yeah, you came a long way from bombing. No, no, i received no, a couple bombs. Bud
5: Light for Bourbon uh, County. that's whatever. <laughs>
3: nice. So
4: you pulled out of it, huh?
5: Yeah. And, of course, he tried to peer pressure afterwards. Like, come on, man. We've been talking for three days, and now you're just going to, like, <laughs> walk away.
4: Like, Wow.
5: I'll, hey. I'll add another bottle. Like, okay, congrats
4: eye for an eye I guess in the beer world one, one bad trade etiquette begets another
5: and yeah, now you got there's, there's more bad beer trader ages these days with ways to uh, promote those that have attempted to screw others over than there are actual trade groups these days
4: nice and uh what about uh Trade etiquette. Since we just touched on it, do you guys uh, have any special things you do to take care of people you trade with? You, like your throw-ins bomb? Do you, do you write little love notes, like I see in some of the some of the boxes? Hey, that's me. No, I love that. I, I'm thinking about doing it too. It's just I don't know the people that I trade with well enough to like write them a handwritten note. Like I hope you enjoy. I just like send them a message. Like drink this one first. The oldest.
5: My favorite, only because. Some way, like I love the fact that there are certain breweries that get hyped, but at the same time, I also hate it just because I know that there's so many great breweries that are local to where I live that people 50 miles away from me have never even heard of. I love to send boxes that people know what they're getting, but then I'll throw in like one or two beers that are like taped up to where they can open the beer and they can try the beer before they actually can see the label. And I'll write, like, a little note, like, hey, open it, like, chill this thing for 24 hours and then open it up and let me know what you think and then take the tape off. So it's like their own little, like, blind taste test so that they're letting their actual palate dictate how they feel about the beer as opposed to seeing that it's, it's, oh, it's from Bearded Iris or, oh, it's from Russian River, right?
4: Sorry, I was on mute. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, a lot of it comes down to people targeting the new people and not realizing that, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I get some good stuff from people out of town, especially, you know, the, the the sours from Jester King or some of the farmhouse stuff that my buddy brought home from True uh, in, out in Denver. Um, but nothing's not going to beat your local closest to home, you know, traveled the least distance. It's probably the freshest to you. so That's why it's like I, I try to get my stuff out quick. That's what trade etiquette to me is. Get it out as quick as possible so it's as fresh as possible and then I'll uh, make sure. I lost a box once and it actually had a, a cane, a Night's End All Dawns bottle in it. It was a Christmas box I was sending to my boy Brian Dick. Brian Dick, shout out. Once a week, I'm going to shout you out, Brian, until you listen. Um, it was a Christmas bottle, a Night's End All Dawns, and a ton of other stuff, and a can exploded, and UPS confiscated it, and it was, I told the girl that she ruined Christmas,
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so, Damn, up son, a- where'd you find this, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> well, I, oh, I, I didn't mean to hit that one,
4: no, yes, you did, I love it. All right, so someone brought up uh, Bad Beer Trader. That's what she said. Yes, Bad Beer Trader. <laughs> did she say that?
3: <laughs> she did.
4: <laughs> Have you guys heard about this group, Bad Beer Trader, on Facebook? Does everyone know what that is? Oh, you yeah,
1: know you've either been Asked screwed over or you are one, and you probably really don't want to be in the group, honestly. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I've uh, I just heard about it recently. I had no idea it was a group. I'm not in it, thank God. I don't think I'll ever be in it. Um, but yeah, this uh, that that is no joke. The stuff they pull, huh? Is that, uh, so for those who listening who might not know, Bad Beer Trader is a group. And pretty much, if someone in the group finds out that you've like you know screwed over on a trade, or you um, you're not being communicated, or like you didn't reciprocate, you didn't ship first, and then you're like whatever. They now make it their mission to ruin your life. Seriously, like ruin your life. They contact your job. Like they must have some serious hackers in this group that can get this information quickly. They call your boss. They t- and they just. I don't know. I assume everyone on the call will be on the same page with how ridiculous these actions are. But what do we what do we make about this? Start with uh, Chris. You still on? Let's start with Chris.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have. I got added to the group because I had an encounter with the other party. Um, And I, I had to deal with a whole bunch of stuff and I actually got, it got to the point where I actually requested him to stop because at a certain point beer is only beer, right? So but they were, they were definitely um, – they they were contacting his employment. They were contacting his wife. They were doxing him. Um, they had put his name out on blast on a whole bunch of different sites. I mean, basically, not only can the guy never trade beer again, which, okay, that's, if that's the worst that can happen, that's the worst that happens. But, you know – he get fired for that. His wife could divorce him for that. uh You know things like that. So I actually had to ask the guys, and so then they kicked me out of the group.
4: <laughs> they kicked you out because you didn't want them to be brutal to a guy that screwed you over. Right. So I, don't you love that? These guys. It, it wasn't even them, well, and they just.
1: Yeah, I just asked them. I say, hey guys, you know, and all I asked was that you, you know, that, that he makes it right. And it was, you know, it was about a $90 value-ish trade. This is early on, uh, like Prairie Bomb batch one kind of era. That, cause that's because that's what I was trading at that, at that time. So maybe five years ago-ish. And, um, yeah. So I mentioned to somebody in one group, they added me to bad beer traders, they uh, you know asked for screenshots, gave screenshots, blah, 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 the whole nine, had all the documentation on it, had my tracking number, and they said, we'll take it from here, and they did. And um, at a certain point, it's like, okay, guys, you know, he can either send me $90 or the beer he owes me, but we don't need to make his the rest of his life on earth this miserable. So, wow i I think it's I think it's a good idea in principle to have a uh, accountability page or group uh, but I think some of those guys are um keyboard warriors who uh
4: go over the top Wow how did I hit the nail on the head of who to go to for this topic? I don't know <laughs> does, that, does anyone else have any stories like this
2: i, I could shed a little uh, as Derek come back by the way. Uh, I just had uh-huh. a little light on on the, the BBT topic. Um I've had a little bit of experience with it as well. Um I know a couple of uh a couple other people might have in the in the drama free community as well. Um but I'm not gonna name any names in the uh you know kind of interest of the group. But um I, I think people that bring uh cases to BBT um should be preface like should they should preface it with kind of hey this is what it is and this is you know do you, how bad do you want to get this fixed i think would be a better way of prefacing it um but yeah man uh i've i've seen and heard stories of of that group uh kind of closing some pretty large cases in in which uh guys were um screwed over rather royally man like in the in the 1000 dollars uh range so um i think I think there's definitely um there's some ex- pretty extreme tactics like you're talking about that i I can't really stand behind, but the end result is uh is in the best interest of of the community
4: yeah I guess I don't know i mean there's from what I heard about the group it kind of seems definitely like overkill to me i can't imagine uh i don't know I guess maybe I kind of vet my trade partners a little more more than some others. And I kind of just, you know, you can kind of tell when someone's going to be off putish If you're not friendly during the conversation of what you're trying to trade, then that, that's already like a, a red flag to me. If you're very like matter of fact and like you, you constantly talk about what other people are offering you. That's, that's kind of like a, these are the telltale signs of you might not get screwed over, but you might not be happy with the trade or the trader. So uh, just, you know, some food for thought. But, yeah, that's it the, the intense. The cases man.
0: should be pretty well vetted, too,
2: um, from what I understand. These these aren't just like, hey, this dude hasn't shipped for two weeks. These are cases where, like, people are getting blocked and people aren't responding to messages. I, it's not just, uh, from what yeah. I've heard, go straight to the dude's work or the girl's work and call their boss. It's I think it escalates to that point when the person – is non-responsive, man. And if you're being non-responsive, right. like there's something wrong.
0: Yeah. I was, yeah. Uh,
1: I was about a month out when I first mentioned in my group and tried to call the guy out and he didn't respond. And that's when someone like DM would me and was like, or PM would me or whatever you want to say and said, Hey, uh, I'm going to add you to this group. We're going to try to make it right. And I was like, Oh, uh, okay. I guess that's fine. Um, because I was, like, I didn't even know about it. I, I guess it was like four or five years ago ish, at least. So, yeah, and just they, they asked me to provide every single screenshot, which I did, you know, um, and my tracking number, my uh, like bill or whatever, like, like, I, Kind of a copy of the check is what I send a copy of, like for shipping. Uh, the FedEx, like, delivered notice and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, they, they wanted, they they, cert, they certainly vetted it. They, they're doing their job on that end. So, again, I think that having that accountability factor is great. I just think, again, they just go with a bit tough on it. So. All
4: right, I'm told we have uh, another caller. Hopefully, they're. They have some insight on this, or maybe one of the topics we've already discussed. Chad, who we got here?
3: Hey, we got uh, Eddie Shaw on the line.
4: Eddie, my main man. What's up, dude?
3: What's, What's up? up
4: El Bucho.
0: Yo. What's
4: going on, man? Glad you're listening.
0: Yeah, man. Been listening for a little bit. Glad
4: well, we between, have the. Uh... In between what?
0: Tending to children. <laughs> oh,
4: <laughs> nice. Nice little Thursday night. Uh you've been listening yeah. to this Bad Beer Trader talk. Do you have anything to say or do you just uh you just want to kick it with your, your homies?
0: No, I have, man. Uh I, I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's kind of uh it's somewhat of a necessary evil sometimes, uh you know, giving giving every whoever you're chasing, giving them every opportunity to do the right thing. Uh it's good to have groups like that that'll, you know, have your back and try and chase this stuff down. Uh, let's face it; it's a it's kind of a shitty hobby from that perspective. You got a lot of shittiness on one side of it. You know, it's not all like drama free.
4: That it isn't. That it is not. So so I, I'm getting a lot of so the the ends justify the means for you guys. Is it like I, I didn't know it uh, It escalated to like, you know, the the boss and the and the family and stuff. It still seems a little excessive even for beer. But um, a lot of people think it's like a kind of vigilante justice. They're like Facebook beer trading Batman. Is that the. Uh, is that the general consensus here? I may have had my mind changed.
0: It generally doesn't escalate to that level, man. It doesn't start there. It's just uh I think you get a little encouragement to get these people to do the right thing and then uh you know, if, if the right thing doesn't get done then you gotta push some more buttons.
5: Yeah.
4: All right. Good good to, know. good to know. Well I don't plan doing on, business. I don't plan on ever uh being in, in that group or being an issue with that group, so hopefully uh I'm I'm safe, otherwise I gotta start getting my resume ready. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's, uh, let's let's move on. What do we think about, well, hey, it's the middle of October. Seasonal beers, holiday styles, seasonal beers. Eddie, what are you drinking right now?
0: I'm not drinking nothing at the moment, man. I'm kind of laying off the beers during the week, trying to keep some of this weight off for a little while.
4: Nice, good, 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 good. Anyone, yeah, anyone drinking anything drink, seasonal?
1: I am <hadowing church2> <hand> gente- um, drink um, uh, no, uh, coffee style, so.
3: Yeah. Uh, just quick score update for those that are uh, listening live. They're yeah, up six to four. Yeah, buddy.
4: <laughs> oh, is this an elimination game?
3: Yes, it is. Game five. This is. Check.
4: Yep.
3: Uh-oh, seven to four.
4: Uh, did a home run just happen at uh, RBI?
1: Yes, sir. Hit by pitch base is loaded base, right now. Um,
3: no, base is all behind. All right, let's let's get back. I just wanted to give a score up I was gonna say drama-free <laughs> uh,
4: play-by-play here for you, Chicago guys. <laughs> so, uh, Chad, you drinking anything seasonal now um, or at all no. recently?
3: I am now drinking a raspberry tart from New
4: Oh man, I love that beer. That was that was a, a blow my mind, come to Jesus moment beer when I first tried that one.
3: Oh yeah, I've got uh, I've got you know the 750s for from 2011 to 2012, but now I've got the the, uh, the four packs of them in 12 ounce bottles, and I really like them in a the smaller format. So now I can you know enjoy it a little bit at a time instead of having to you know drink the whole thing.
4: Yeah, or split it with someone.
3: Yeah, I mean I love sharing with people, but I kind of like to drink some of these beers. You know these larger format beers by myself, you know, for a little bit, and then I can still share other bottles with people as they come.
4: Yeah, totally. And, Chris, you're you're not doing anything seasonal? Is Chris still on? Did we lose Chris again?
3: Uh, We got him on the line. All Uh, right, maybe
4: he's
3: on. He might have stepped away.
4: Right, Eddie. while we got Eddie still on. Eddie, well, we got you on. Uh, I asked I asked this question before. Uh, groupies, since you're in another New Jersey guy, what what brewer are you a groupie of? Is it just uh, cane like me, or you got something else? Uh, I,
0: I like Jug Handle too, man. Uh, it's just a cool vibe over there.
4: Yeah, I love it. I love it over there.
0: Uh, the beer's not on the, on the cane level, but it's uh it's it's not bad by beer by any means. There, their raspberry Berliner is phenomenal.
5: Yeah, I really like
0: it. Their cask stuff is really good. Uh, they had a, a coconut <laughs> cask last week that was good. Um, I did think that they, they have a, kind of a smaller format, so it's it's a little more variety there pretty regularly. Got a lot of stuff going on on top. Uh, I think they're going the right direction. Still kind of yeah. here. I think they're about half old, something like that.
4: Yeah, I really like their stuff. One of my buddies who uh, used to work at Brewer's Apprentice, he just started brewing for them full time. And the last time I went there, when I saw you there, I thought the beers were, they like made a a significant jump in quality. And I'm not just yeah. saying that because of the new brewer, but like, you know, they've they've figured it out. That, that Berliner is awesome. I get one every time I go in a Crowler. I love it. Cool. All right. Uh, I, I'm not sure. How do we, okay, here, here's a good one. Uh, someone, someone wrote this in on the, on the Facebook group and I, I didn't really get it at first. And then I was looking at my seller today and I'm like, all right, I kind of get it. Why do people collect in quotes, quote unquote beer instead of drinking it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. Who who wants to field that one? Um,
1: yeah, I'm pushing, I'm pushing five to 600 bottles right now. I mean, 140 plus or Lambic. Um, For me, the situation comes down to uh, my best drinking buddy, Craig lives 50 minutes away. Um, And it's just not conducive to continually drinking uh, with, with him on a regular basis. So I don't, I don't want to crack seven fifties by myself all the time. Uh, for me beer is uh, you know it's gonna be gone in twelve hours however you look at it. You know. Uh, but the people you drink it with, hang out with while you're drinking and the things you do, those are what are gonna stick with you. So for me it's all beer is a is a conduit to memories.
4: Right. To so experience like,
1: Right, yeah. I mean hundred percent. Like Craig is sitting in my media room in the other room watching the Cubs so he doesn't care one lick about. It. And I'm, you know, muting myself when I know someone else is talking and I walk in there and chatting with him and drinking a beer. Like, he's sitting here doing this with me because he's my buddy and he's getting ready to have the weight loss challenge. But, like, I I, I can't drink 750s on myself all the time. My wife doesn't drink beer. I don't have anybody in town that I regularly drink with. So, um, you know, uh, that that's why it sort of stacks up for me because if something comes across my radar that I, I – that I would like to trade, which isn't very often because I'm using an ISO. Yeah, you know, I trade for it. Uh, unless it's an IPA, I'll, I'll put it on the shelf or in the cabinet or whatever. But if someone, like, ISO is something that I can get, I'm happy to send it to them, and then they just happen to send me stuff back, which isn't always necessary. And then, now I'm stuck with more beer. <laughs> so, that that's my problem, honestly. I, I never intended to have... My wife built multiple shelves for me for lots of beer, and <laughs> have boxes on the ground all over the place. But there I am.
4: I think it's uh, I guess it's kind of, it's kind of the curse of only wanting to drink good beer, right? You only have good beer, and then you, you want to save it all for the special occasion that never comes. Yeah, I had, a, uh, I, a good
1: point. I
4: had a ton of family in last weekend for my aunt's wedding. or It might have been two weekends ago at this point. But I had a ton of family in, and I was like, this is great. I have a ton of people in my family. Um, they all like beer. I'm going to unload so much of my beer at this event between the rehearsal dinner and then the, the wedding. And sure enough, they all brought up more than enough beer for all four or six of us. And I, instead of getting rid of some of my... My haul, I now have more. And it's like, how did this happen? I was hoping to to drink all this at this, my aunt's wedding. It's a special occasion. And I didn't get to like a third of the beers that I wanted to drink with them all because we're all just sharing and I'm drinking stuff from Asheville and Panama and Georgia. And it was, you know, you just got to keep either making, you got to make special occasions or you just got to be cool with drinking a whale on a Tuesday night watching a hockey game. I the, guess.
1: the special occasion is when you open the beer, right? I mean, so when people come over to my house, anything's fair game other than like, you know, last year I had the Foufon that I bought in, in Belgium. I had that set aside for one that the Cubs in the World Series. I didn't realize they were going to win last year, obviously. So I had that set aside for a couple of years and I came home and no one was around. It was, the game had a rain delay and so I solo domed it at midnight. Um, there's maybe one or two bottles out of the five to 600 that, uh, you know, are still kind of like saving for a special occasion. But other than that, someone can come over and go, hey, I want to try that. Cool. Let's go for it. So it's it's not a matter of like saving it for a special occasion all the time. It's just
4: saving it for someone to drink it with because I only drink with special people. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Eddie? You collecting anything or are you just drinking? And I don't mean right now, just in general.
0: Again, man, it's probably about the same as Chris, I would say. Uh, I got a couple bottles that I'm hanging on to uh, that I kind of, you know, stuff you just don't see all the time, so you want to kind of make sure your buddies are in on it. But um, I'm going to say for the most part, it's – I got sneaked, I'm going to say probably 30, 40 times last year. And there's always some fresh hops in there, so I drink the hops first, and the bottles kind of get pushed off to the side, and then mm-hmm. Kane will do our So I get my limits from Kane, and you know it's it just piles up and piles up. I got four kids, so I don't get out very often. And um, you know if if you pop a seven fifty or even a bomber, man, what are you going to drink? Do three bombers sitting by yourself, you're sleeping on the couch.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: But before you know it, I'm probably about in the same boat as Chris. I'm going to say I probably got 5 600 bottles sitting in cases right now. I'm working on probably building some shelving on my next vacation. But it's like you drink the drink the hops first, then you go to the adjunct stouts, and before you know it, you got another box showing up surprise. Here's another 10 cans of hops. <laughs> so the the stouts yeah. and the barley wines kind of get pushed off.
4: Well, yeah, I am. Um, so last year for Christmas, my wife bought me a beer fridge because she was tired of me taking over the the entire fridge that's supposed to be for food. Um, but it's a mini college one and it filled up pretty quickly. And now I still kind of have the, the regular fridge door because my beer fridge doesn't fit 750s. And then I've got some boxes and uh like maybe about a year ago someone was like how much beer do you think you have do you think you have like a hundred different beers And i was like what no way and then i started counting i was like shit i'm too close to 100 i gotta get rid of some so i'm uh i'm trying to turn from a collector to a drinker and i might crack another one right now just to kind of help with that i got the i got the uh okay thumbs up from the wife so i might make this a two beer night um
3: yeah all right guys um we got about seven minutes left here. We're going to we're gonna end on the half hour. Um, Chris, you got anything um, you want to say before we go?
1: Um, yeah, I just want to thank the callers for calling in. I uh, really appreciate you guys listening and uh, your perspectives. Uh, I'm glad we got all five of us in uh, this week. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Lost40 for catching a silver, uh, first Arkansas GABF medal in uh, many, many, many years. And, uh, it's not just cause I happen to work for an umbrella company for them. Uh, it's just pretty exciting to have happen on the beer scene here, but, um, really love, uh, really love what we're doing here, guys, in this group and and are free and, uh, uh, thankful for, uh, everybody that's participating in the podcast.
3: Yeah. It's been, it's been a fun second episode while we still got Eddie though, we got a little bit of time here. Um, Eddie hit me up tonight, and uh, he has an idea, and, um, you know, Eddie, do you want to talk about it? you want me to give them the premise and then uh, we can discuss, or what were your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, sure, man.
0: I suggested that uh, we pick a member a week uh, that you kind of everybody's, you know, wants to know a little something about. Uh, I thought maybe we could run a poll. Uh, you know, you guys running a podcast can pick the members to select from and then kind of hit them with a rapid fire like they do on um, SportsCenter. Uh, you know, set up 10 questions or something like that. Bang, bang, bang. Just throw it at them. Have some guys volunteer to get in this if that's the way you want to go or randomly call some people out. I think most of our regulars would have no issue with calling in. An oh, absolutely
3: not. I, I do, I really think this idea is fantastic so um out there in drama Freeland land if you are listening live if you listen later this week i'm gonna throw up a poll of um uh, of members that you're going to want to know more about i mean we're, we'll do serious questions we'll do um funny questions but uh just be on the lookout for that poll eddie you got anything you want to share before uh, we cut out um no you
0: guys are doing a great job man uh I had fun listening to speak but, uh, I wish it was a little easier to work the controls for the uh, podcast. I got like fifteen minutes and then uh I could I throw that off I couldn't get back at the gym, so i I didn't get the end of it
4: um
0: The other thing is anybody's gonna be out in Kane on Sunday. I'm going to pick my bottles up, so probably Sunday around one o'clock or so. I'll be hitting there if anybody wants to stop by and drink a beer with me.
4: Nice. I might be there around 3 on Sunday if I don't go on Saturday, but uh, I'll send you a message if I if I get out there on Sunday. Cool, man. Thanks for calling, Eddie. Thanks Good for having me.
0: Right, yeah. Thanks, Have Eddie.
4: Thanks. Uh, to touch on his, I, I love that idea, the, the random member a week thing. You know what else would be funny and cool, and I think we'd probably get a ton of listeners if we did a live roast in, in the same <laughs> elk of that. We put we yeah, put a I, picture up. We put a picture up in the group. We say tonight we're roasting this picture or this person. Call in at this time, and uh, you know we'll we we'll, everyone can have their chance to roast, say some comments about it. I think that will get a lot of. Maybe we'll have to uh, get some more well, of those sound effects for. <laughs> I think
3: yeah, I think We can definitely get more sound effects. I think you know with that with both you know we're gonna want to talk to the member ahead of time. That way we don't. Uh, yeah create any more work for these admins you know these guys work hard you know you you yeah, see yeah. them quite a bit as at, at very active members of the group they you know they they this is you know they're not paid for this just, this is not their job and you know they they are time and time again having to step in on things and you know truly yeah. they are what makes this group what it is but you know we can as as, as a community can police each other and we do for you know fairly um yeah. you know but we we got a lot of new members going on, and they probably aren't listening. You know, they're just looking out for the BIFs and and everything else. So they're not really probably listening to this podcast. But you know, we, we, I think we touched on it earlier, and you know, the admins definitely have. You know, we're we're a group of like minded individuals, girls, guys, all different races, colors, orientations, everything, and that's what mm-hmm. makes us beautiful because we all have the same hobby. We all love beer. We're here for the love of beer, and let's keep it that way. Let's not be money-grubbing max profit you know, POSs. Let's keep it the community that we all have come to love.
4: That sounds as a good a spot as any for us to call this an episode, huh?
3: Yep. So with that, drama free, thanks for listening. Um thanks to my co host here. Without these guys I'd be doing it all and it'd be going crazy. Um thanks Joey Steve. We still got a line, Chris dropped off earlier, Derek had to go to work. Um thanks to our callers, Justin and Robert and Eddie. Um you know, Joey, Steve, you guys got anything before we head out?
4: Joey, go ahead, man. I, I spoke enough.
0: Uh, I don't have anything else Yeah, I just love you guys. It's been, this has been great. This has been fun. Can't wait to do again next week.
3: Yeah, for All sure. All right, guys. Definitely. All right, we're going to do it. Here you go.
2: Welcome to the Drama Free Podcast. Save the drama your mama.